This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, December 3rd, 2019. And well, we've been watching the news, and as always, it's pretty interesting. I think it's interesting. Things are constantly churning and changing and going in different directions and you know, different ways. Today, we have uh, Don, uh, President Trump in London, political maneuvers in Washington, and continued trade friction. And yes, the news can and does affect the stock market on a day-to-day basis. Problem is, you should not react to it on a day-to-day basis. And I, th- I fear that people do too often see something in the news and then they do something. They buy or sell something. When that's really not how you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to think about it longer term. And I hope that's why you tuned into the show to give you some unbiased guidance on that. I'm Steve Peasley and thank you for joining me today. And I hope you will call me. Because your questions drive the show. You you tell me where you want to go. As long as it's financial, we'll go there. Talk about anything financial. You know, make shape the show to your advantage, if you wish. That's up to you. And remember, our goal is always the same. We're all trying to achieve financial freedom. It's always the same, no matter what. It always, it will never change. Your whole life is that way. Financial freedom. Once you even achieve financial freedom, people think, oh, now I can relax. No, uh-uh. Doesn't happen that way. You constantly work for on your money, your assets. You constantly do it. Never, it never stops. Now, it may mean you don't have to worry about day to day bills and things like that, and that's great. But you're, you're, you'll still work on it. You'll still be concerned with it. So, on this hour, I'm going to try to help my do my best to help you, to help you stay on that path, to get on that path of financial freedom. And to do that, you need to call. You can call our anytime listener line number right now. It is live at 888-99-CHART. But it's anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can call and leave a message. Leave your question. But we're live now, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. So, give me a call. Thanksgiving is come and gone. I have two days of leftover left. One for tonight, one for tomorrow. Then, uh, no, won't have turkey again for till next year. That's okay. And I think I have two small pieces of pie, pumpkin pie left as well. I have to hide the pumpkin pie because my wife makes great pumpkin pie. She's a big baker. And uh, if I don't, other people eat it. So she makes two. One I hide, one I let everybody else eat. That's how I do it. So I got two little pieces left of my pumpkin pie. Okay, as you know, um, I have a, a date open. I'm going to be in San Jose this Thursday, day after tomorrow. For my final portfolio review of the year, 2019. And unfortunately, I'm fully booked. I don't have any slots left. I got five appointments, five different people during the day. If someone cancels, you know, I'll be happy to squeeze somebody in. But I already have a list uh, with a couple names that want to take one, and the cancellations are pretty rare. So unfortunately, I don't think you're going to be able to get it to this year. But I will be there next year. Next year. I mean, we're talking. What, maybe late January, uh, early February, I'll be in San Jose. I know I'm going to New York, New York, and I'm actually going to uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area uh, next month, too. 
to accept appointments to meet, sit down and meet when they talk about portfolio reviews. I'll be announcing that. I'll be announcing those dates before the end of the week. So that's going to be, uh, I'll be in New York, I'll be in Texas, and then fly on to New York into the latter part of next month. And the early part of the following month, I'll be back in San Jose. But for now, I'm going to be in San Jose day after tomorrow. Okay, so there's my schedule so far. So, are you getting ready for, have you been shopping? Did you do all that, that uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday stuff? I got some in- interesting stats I'm going to share with you today about that. My main talking point today, it's going to be most analysts expect corporate earnings to grow 10 by 10% next year. However, one prominent Wall Street firm is predicting the stock markets will not keep climbing. They think it's going to come down a little bit. So, we're going to discuss it. That's our main talking point today. i got three other topics I want to see if we can get to. I want to talk about oil and OPEC and what OPEC is cutting production. What is that going to do? I'd like to talk about the, uh, uh, the uh, talk about two other things. The numbers will tell you if your tech stocks are plotting dinosaurs or speedy raptors. How to differentiate between tech stocks that are already big and blue chip and not gonna, or, or not going to move because they don't have the growth and those who do. You know, what do you look for? What are the characteristics that you look? And finally, this is a this is a something that uh, if you want to be rich, drive a crappy car. That's one of the things I did when I was very young. I drove crappy cars. Uh, my first, from starting from my first car up until about my fifth or sixth car, and then I started to get better and better cars. But I keep cars forever, forever, and that's the clue. That's how you get. That's how you can get rich faster because you're not spending monthly payments on stupid car payments. A car is not an asset; it's just an expense. So we're going to talk about those three things, people. Of course, I'll talk about anything you want to talk about. What happened to the market today? Down big. Second down, big down day in a row. Down 280 points on the Dow, which was much better than it was. I think it was like 450 or 350, something like that in the middle of the day. So the Dow ended up being down 280 points and NASDAQ down 47 points and the S&P down 21 points. Um, all because Trump said, well, maybe we won't come to an agreement on the China trade deal until next year after the elections. That's all it took. <laughs> the market doesn't like it. Two days in a row. Oh, well. Okay. So, um, but, you know, this is, to me, maybe the correction we've been waiting for. We don't know yet. It's still pretty weak correction. Just a couple of days, not that big of a deal. Um, and it's going to be a buying opportunity, in my personal opinion. But it's going to be a stock picker's market in 2020. That means what that means is you're going to buy your stocks right. The whole market is not just going to float up. It's not. You got to pick your stocks and your sectors and be very particular about it. So that's what I plan to talk about today on the show. But of course, you drive the show. So what do you want to talk about? You can take, we're going to take a question on our anytime listener line number. The number is 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. My name is Lewis. I'm calling from Palm Beach County, Florida. Just wanted to get your outlook or 
input on Constellation Brands, ticker symbol STZ. Lately, it just seems to be falling like an anvil, and I've had this stock for quite some time, and I wanted to see what you thought. Thanks. Have a great day. Okay, let's take a look. Products and uh, it produces and distributes branded wines and spirits in the U.S., Canada, New Zealand, and Italy. It's a huge company, thirty-five billion dollar company. So it's a big, big company. They're going to make money this year. They always make money. So that's not here, neither here nor there. In two thousand nineteen, they made nine dollars and twenty-eight cents. This year, they're supposed to make eight dollars and forty-six cents. Next year, back up to nine twenty-four. Okay, so um, that's the range that has been in. And right now it's at $184. The high recently was in September, 210. Back in May it was 210, and now it's 184. So it's not falling that hard. It goes down to about 175, and then back up most of the year. It can. It did start off the year after that big down stroke last December, a year ago December. It was down 150 points. And then it came all the way up to two two nineteen in a few months. Then from that, but April May period, it's gone pretty much in a in a channel between one hundred fifty and two hundred ten. So if it's going to make nine dollars and twenty four cents, and it's only growing in the single dig- low single digits, it shouldn't get more than a market PE market average PE, which means about sixteen fifteen sixteen, which means uh, you know, uh, what, 9 plus uh, 9, 92 plus 100. So, which means it's about $140, $150 stock. That's the value. It's overvalued. Now, it has great numbers. Return on equity is 18%. That's pretty good for such a, you know, a big company like this. It's difficult to get that high of a return on equity. Doesn't have a tremendous amount of debt. Mutual funds are slow, have been slowly selling it this year sold it off in recent months and in recent quarter anyways but you know i think if you wait if you already own it i'd probably just hold on to it and ignore that only pays a 1.6 percent dividend but i wouldn't i wouldn't panic out or anything you're listening to invest talk i'm steve peasley and you you and i both know that no one can predict the market no one knows where it's going. This means you've got to be prepared to handle market volatility. And you're going to see that this coming year. More of it. So, balancing your portfolio, that will help you. And Justin and I can help you with that if you need it. Just call or send us an email at KPP Financial, KPP Financial. Send us an email, we'll talk to you. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888 chart This is Invest Talk, and we are all watching the markets go up, then down. So now, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Steve Peasley is here taking your questions live. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. My main talking point today concerns uh, market performance, as you know, and how some people are disagreeing, some smart people disagreeing next year. So we're going to talk about that. That's the main talking point. For now, let's talk about some of the key benchmarks. Oil, $56 a barrel. You know, I think it's going to just hang there for a long time. 50s, 60s, maybe get down to 40s every so often. I I mean, I don't see anything that was really going to drive it up or down 
big time for a while. So even though I'm going to talk about it on one of my talking points, I'm actually talking about the influence of OPEC and or the lack thereof these days. But that's where oil is, so that means you know you can pretty get pretty much get used to whatever you're paying for gasoline is what you're going to be paying for gasoline. This is what it is. Um, after oil, then of course we got two-year treasuries at 1.53 percent, the ten-year treasury at 1.7. And the reason why I'm reporting on that, we're looking for any any danger of a yield curve inversion, meaning the longer rate, longer-term bonds have higher uh, yields than the shorter-term bonds. That's very dangerous for the economy. Right now, we don't have that. But we did a couple of months ago. It got inverted. And that, quote-unquote, is a an inf- is a uh, recession signal. And you did see the economy slow down since then. But it looks like it's stabilizing to me right now, this last few weeks. We're keeping the, we have a lot of economic statistics out this week. And the one that was the weakest was a manufacturer ISM number, which had four months in a row below 50%, meaning contraction. But that's not in the service sector, which is a lot more important to us, which is above 50. And we'll get that number in the next day or two for the most recent period. So we'll see. We'll see. Gold is about fourteen seventy eight an ounce. It got up to fifteen hundred dollars and then fell off. And that's where we're seeing gold. Gold will move up on inflation. It'll move up on weaker dollar. You know, it moves up on fear. Those kinds of things. And I'm surprising gold moved up in a year when the dollar got stronger this year. That's kind of surprising. So we'll see. So all those things were interesting. On the next Invest Talk, this story, where, where to hide out if we have another December market plunge? Where are you going to hide? Should you? There are safe sectors, of course, if you know where to look. That's tomorrow, everybody. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Steve Peasley will return to San Jose Thursday. He's already filled his appointment calendar. However, there is a chance someone might have to cancel. So if you want to get your portfolio in shape for the new year, put yourself on Steve's backup list. A no-cost portfolio consultation with Steve Peasley is the most efficient way to optimize your investment assets. Register now at investtalk.com. Hey guys, this is Corey from Kentucky. I am 23 years old and I am trying to figure out a couple different investment avenues to get ready for not only saving but future retirement plans. My company gives me 5% for 401k and 5% for Roth. I was wondering if that would be a good way to set that up. And then on top of that, I was doing individual savings through an online company and I had three or four different accounts set up with them but I wasn't sure whether or not that would be a good way to go or if there was a better thing to do with that money if you guys had any advice for me and the other listeners it'd be great thank you yeah so if they're going to give you five percent that's usually a match you put in five percent they'll put in five percent in your 401k that's where you start you're getting free money you got to get that free money 
Makes no sense to leave that on the table. Now, they might offer, you mentioned a Roth and a 401k. Now, these days, a couple years ago, they allowed 401ks to be a regular 401k and a Roth 401k. So uh, I, you're going to have to clarify that. Is it the Roth in your 401k? Is that a choice? And it sounds like it is to me. So I would probably start off with your Roth 401k. Put in 5% and they would probably, you know, they, you put in 5 they'll match it with 5 That's usually how it is. That very rare does a company just put in money without you putting in money first. They usually match yours up. To a certain amount, and this, and it, this is a that means you can get up ten percent, five percent of which is free. It's like having a five percent raise every year. Then once you put it in there, then you have choices of what to buy from that four hundred one k. Usually, it's a list, a short list of mutual funds, and you have to decide which ones you want to buy. Now we do have a program called Active Four Hundred One K that'll help you buy and sell them for you. And, you know, they don't do it for you; they just instruct you what to do, buying and selling those mutual funds. But for you, just starting out, buy, keep buying, buy, 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 buy. Don't be too concerned about it. Whatever the market does, who cares? Because over the you're only twenty three. By the time you're 63, 40 years from now, you'll that you'll have plenty of money if you keep doing it. Keep it up. Okay, talking points today. Well, let's go to um, let's go to the main talking point, which is will stocks keep climbing next year? Now, Morgan Stanley says no. They think it's going to go down about five percent. Five percent. They think it's going to fall. Now that they're they're not they're, they don't necessarily believe them because Goldman Sachs thinks it's going to go up five percent. But it's really interesting. These two companies are considered the smart money people, right? They're, these two are the smartest Wall Street bankers that there are. That's what everybody thinks, anyways. One thinks it's going to go down five percent. One thinks it's going to go up five percent. And I can pretty much guarantee you, probably neither one is going to be right <laughs> because experts are often, very often, wrong. But it does tell you that both of them, smart money people that they are, feel that the market is at value. It's not is not going to go up. Most analysts think their earnings are going to go up 10%. Well, if that's the case, how come the market's are not going to go up 10%? How come they both don't think that's going to go up 10%? Because the market's overvalued right now. That's why. So that's when I when I opened up I said that it's going to be a stock pickers market and that the reason I said that is because both the both many experts think that the market's going to be flat. You combine these two guys, the smartest ones, and the market's flat. So how are you going to make money when the market's not going to go anywhere? Well, you got to pick the right sectors, right stocks at the right time, and that's going to be difficult. It's going to be a difficult year. So just, I kind of like it. I, I some most of the time for some reason I do well in difficult years, so I'm okay with it. Kind of like it. So I'm just warning you, it's going to be a difficult year and a year which I call a stock picker's market. If you're a good picker of stocks, you understand valuations, you understand stock movement, you know how to read a chart, you know how to read fundamentals and understand them, you know about sector rotation then you will probably do better than just flat or up or down 5%. Now, 
of course, a lot of this is going to depend on the world economy and China trade and all those kinds of things. There's always going to be things coming up during the year that pushes stocks up or down. But I do agree with them. It's going to be a tough year. Next year is going to be tough. Um, are we going to fall into a recession? That feels like it's being pushed back um, a bit because the central banks around the world have been pretty hard on quantitative easing, even though they don't talk about it. They have been. So that usually is supportive of an economy that's not going to slow down. Okay, we got uh, got, I got to come up with my trivia question. We saw a huge digital sales numbers reported uh, during Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Huge numbers. Looking at the U.S. e-commerce penetration as a percentage of total retails, e-commerce as a percentage of total resales, how do today's numbers stack up against earlier days? In the retail pie, what was the percentage of online sales in 2000, 2007? Now. That's, I'm going to have that answer after we get the break. From sunrise to sunset. Have a question about gold and silver. From dusk till dawn. So I'm wondering what y'all think. The questions keep coming. I have a question about symbol STLD. From down the street, around the corner, and across the country. Hello, uh, Steve Justin uh, Milani here from Bay Area. This is Curtis from Alabama. Hi, Steve. This is Gary from Massachusetts. Invest Talk listeners have one objective financial freedom. Your opinion on Costco. How they get there and when they get there is up to them. I have started investing. But Steve Peasley and Justin Klein can help improve their strategy with unbiased investing guidance. I really enjoy the podcast. I think I'm finally starting to understand the the language and what to look for. Thank you very much. Listen live or download the podcast, investtalk.com. This is Invest Talk, and helping you achieve your financial freedom is the primary objective. Steve Peasley is here now, taking your finance and investing questions live. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, before the break, I asked a trivia question. Looking at U.S. e-commerce penetration... As a percentage of total retail sales, how do today's numbers stack up against the early days of e-commerce? So how much of the retail pie is online in 2000, 2007, today? So here's my answer. E-commerce has become possible since 1991 when the internet was open to e-commerce use. However, it wasn't until 2000, that was nine years later, when web stores require security measures that became that were advanced enough so that large amounts of shoppers would trust digital sales. I remember the initial stuff. And not many people wanted to buy stuff online because they didn't know where all their data was going. So in 2000, online sales accounted for about 1% of the total retail pie. In 2004, it was 2%. In 2007, it was 5%. Five. In 2018, in dollar terms, online retail sales in the U.S. crossed over $517 billion. Okay, what was that? That's 15%. 
That was a 15% jump from 2017. Now, that means the e-commerce now accounts for 12, 12% overall of the retail sales. 12% now. Only 12. People probably think it's more. It's not. So, what does that mean now is for everybody else? I mean, so you got in-store sales and then online sales. And if online only represents 12%, that means the other, what, 88% is in the stores. Here's a bonus fact. Dell, Dell Dell.com, Dell, Dell Computers, was launched in 1994 as a static page, but they made rapid progress. The first company to record a million dollars in online sales was Dell Computers. That happened in 1997, by the way. So retail sales, e-commerce retail sales still only represent about 20%. And it's growing 15, 20% a year. How much will it eventually be? This is why stores are closing. Stores are closing all over the place. Lots of them. Because sales are going online. Okay, let's get to another caller who took time to leave their question on our Anytime Listener Line number, 888-99-CHART. Hi, my name's Stan, and I'm calling from Iowa, and I want to ask for your opinion on Electronic Arts, EA, the video game company. The price looks good to me. Technicals look good to me. They've got a Star Wars game. just came out Friday, so the price has been kind of jumping around. Went up a little bit with the release, went down a little bit today, I think, because the first day sales weren't all that great. EA has had some games kind of flop in the past that have caused their game, their stock to really drop, and I don't know that this game's going to do that. This game also has the potential of being a really big seller going into the holidays. So what I'm wondering is if you would consider buying this stock right now or wait a little while and see if this big release causes the price to fluctuate one way or the other. I'll listen to your podcast for a response. Thank you. Well, it's interesting. The last two weekdays we've had in the market really didn't affect uh, EA, Electronic Arts, at all. EA is a symbol. Develops video game software and content for game game consoles, PCs, handheld platforms, and mobile phones. It's going to make $4.68 this year, $4.88 next year. And we're looking at a a stock $101 in price. So that tells me it's about a 21, 22 PE. Five-year range is 17 to 31 in their PE ratio. Very good return on equity. Very well-run company. Sales are, you know, sales are erratic because they, you know, because they do much better in the the holiday season than they do the rest of the year. So it's kind of hard. It's not steady. Uh, And of course, it depends on how good a game you pointed out, how good the games are. For me, I would not be buying it because I don't like to overpay, and I think it even with it's, it's still high. That PE rate with sales, sales growth of only five six percent, it's hard for me to pay a twenty plus percent PE ratio. I I can do it, but you know I don't have dividends on this stock, so that doesn't make me feel good. Remember, it's a thirty billion dollar company; it's big. You would think that it start being paying it should start paying dividends. Instead, it spends a ton of money on research and development, which is a good thing. 28.9% of their, of their sales are on uh, are R&D, research and development costs. So that's where their cost is. But they need to do that because they have to stay on, you know, ahead of everybody. 
So that's good. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Still, I I would wait for a pullback. I would wait till the, if we can get it down into the 80s, I would feel much more comfortable buying this stock. Having said that, it's done very well the last couple of days, as I mentioned on weekdays. So it, it might you know there's some enthusiasm there. Okay, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, oil. We know we have been, since I have been driving cars, which, you know, which has been many years now, 45, 50 years, OPEC has been the, 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 uh, uh, the controlling factor of oil prices around the world. They were a monopoly. They controlled the prices, and what they said if they decide to cut production, you know, prices would skyrocket. If they decide to increase production, prices would fall. So they were in control forever, and only in the recent few years have their grip been been loosened. And one of the reasons is because we are the big producer of the world now, not OPEC. We no longer are subject to their whims as far as when they want to increase or decrease production and therefore cause price swings. At the same time, they still are big. OPEC is still big, Saudi Arabia being the biggest member there. But a lot of times in the last decade or two, you know, they would say that we're going to cut production, but not all the members would do the same thing. It was really Saudi Arabia who's deciding it. And remember, Saudi Arabia is now taking the Saudi Arabian National Oil Company public, public, because they know they've lost influence on oil prices. So now they're going to try to manage, instead of oil production, they're going to start to manage their stock price to try to make money that way, in addition to the oil production. What is important here is the lack of monopoly. The lack of tightly controlled OPEC that would, you know, increase or decrease production, thus cause ripples around the world as to you have to pay the piper. Another result of this losing power is that, and us gaining our own independent oil production supremacy, is that politically we don't have to fight over the oil in the Middle East anymore. We don't. We don't have to fight there. We don't send our our troops in. We don't have to do that anymore. Now, I'm saying we don't have to do it. Will we do it? That's a whole other issue. That's a political question. But we don't have to do it. And investors and traders know that. So the when I give you oil prices at the beginning of the show every day, I'm telling you it's pretty steady. That's why I think it's going to stay there. We're no longer subject to OPEC. So, I think that's quite important from an ongoing basis going forward. You add to that the other inkling of competition coming in, and that would be electric cars versus gasoline cars. Add that to that equation. And uh, you'll say, well, gee, maybe we don't need that much oil. Remember, our gasoline, uh, gasoline usage in the last what, five years or so has gone down. Not up, down. All very fascinating. Okay, I'm Steve Peasen, and you're listening to Invest Talk. So obviously, you understand the importance of unbiased guidance because that's what we provide here. 
you know, we have lots of years of experience, and I encourage you to listen for the unbiased guidance that we're offering. I encourage you to also consider subscribing to the KPP Premium Newsletter. I write that every week, distributed every Friday in your e-box, email box. In the newsletter, you'll get valuable information such as the week's market analysis, and this week was going to be pretty uh, volatile and lots of economic stats coming out. Uh, there's portfolio management guidance and a couple of stock ideas every week. And each Friday on Invest Talk, I share highlights of that KPP Premium Newsletter. So I appreciate it if you would subscribe to it. You don't have to, but it's pretty valuable too, I think. A tool, I think. Subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. Investtalk.com, that's with two T's. And now I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial. InvestTalk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are the principals of KPP Financial and they are independent financial advisors. This means they place their clients' interests ahead of the firm's. As part of that commitment, KPP Financial practices parallel investing, where Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about Parallel Investing and the other KPP financial programs at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve. Kyle from Walnut Creek here. Um, I have a question about a company's debt. How important is that to look into it before you make an investment decision on a specific company? For example, I'm looking at a a company like SunPower, SPWR, almost a billion-dollar company with about $900 million debt. I'm looking at another company called Sangamo, SGMO, you know, a little over a billion-dollar company with no debt. So um, how important of that is a factor to make my investment decision? Thank you very much, Steve. Have a great Thanksgiving. It is very important. Debt is really uh, an issue because you have to understand how that debt is used. For instance, if you're buying banks or financial institutions, they use debt to make money. So they're going to have tons of debt. But that's okay because that's what they're supposed to. Or if you buy REITs, REITs usually carry lots of debt because they're buying property and they have mortgages. If you're buying a company that has a lot of debt that doesn't use debt to grow their company, then that is, which is a majority of the companies out there, then you have to say, well, why do they have all this debt? What's the purpose? The debt could be they bought another company. They had to borrow money to do that. Or the debt could be that they're just managing their pro- their their uh, their company poorly. The higher the debt issue, the higher the debt they carry, the more leverage they are, which means the more dangerous that company is in a recession. In other words, the company trying to stay in business during a recession because they have to pay debt. So, so it's important. Uh, most companies carry some debt. Most big companies carry some debt. For instance, Apple has some debt. They borrowed money to pay a dividend because they didn't want to bring the money from Europe back to the United States to pay the huge income tax on it. So they left it there, borrowed very cheap money to pay a dividend. So there's their debt, and they don't really they have not, they didn't carry debt for years and years and years and years because they have such a high profit dollar coming in every year. So you have to be careful. Debt is not a good thing for most companies. But 
take a look at the cash flow. Can they support it? Just like you and me, when we take on debt for you know for our lives, do we borrow money? Sure we do. Do you borrow money to buy a car? Well, I would consider that bad debt. Do you borrow money to buy a house? I would consider that a good debt. Good debt. So if the debt is good and it adds to your profitability, your return on equity, your return on assets, and you know it's a wise investment of, of someone else giving money who's giving it to you cheap, sure, use it. But if it's, you're using it just to spend money, like I know a lot of companies borrow money just so they can pay a dividend. That is stupid. We don't buy those kind of companies. That's stupid. Borrow money to pay a dividend. Why are you borrowing money, my own company, then to pay me back my own com- money that I'm borrowing that now I have to pay interest on? It doesn't make sense. So that, 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 that is very, very important. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, the road to riches is simple. Drive a crappy car. Because a car, as I just said, is a is not an asset. It's a depreciating item. You know the only time it makes sense to ha- own a car is when you have don't you don't have to pay it off. You don't have a mortgage on it. You don't have a you don't have a a, a loan on the dang car. Because now you, you're driving around a car, you don't have any expenses other than gasoline and repairs. Because, of course, you need a car to get around for your job or whatever. But why do you... i give you an example. I have some young nephews. Back in... Uh, before the housing crash of 2008, they were... The couple of them were in real estate appraising and doing very, very well, right? For several years, they're doing really great. So they bought very expensive cars more expensive cars than I have, and they bought, you know, a house, and then all of a sudden, the housing bubble burst, and guess what? They had to repo the car, and they had to sell their house, and, you know, they're totally in debt. The house, they, you know, the housing crisis crushed them because they took on all this debt without looking further out, saying, well, gee, this housing crisis, even though after I told them not to do it, <laughs> they still do it. You know, which you know, I've noticed that, you know, that happens quite often. So do not, you know, start with a crappy car. Pay cash for your cars. There's only been one car that I have not paid cash for, and that was my first car. You say you can't do it? Certainly you can. You just got to buy crappy cars, cheap cars. Of course, don't buy the first new car that like I did, which was a Pinto, Ford Pinto. Remember, they used to blow up. They don't make those anymore. If they got in a rear end accident, they would blow up. This is the Vest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. Well, thank goodness on that Pinto I own, I was hit head on instead of in the rear. And it totaled the car. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have just one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. And, of course, our work is going to continue after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, where to hide out if we have another December market plunge. In 2018, we saw the worst December decline since the Great Depression. But there are safe sectors if you know where to look. This story tomorrow. But now, Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, this is Kurt in Maryland. i got a question about AT&T. Over the past couple of days, it's taken a pretty good drop. Uh, I noticed some 
one analyst changed it from a hold to a sell yesterday, and then somebody else came out and said, in general, legacy media firms were in trouble in the future. So the question is, do I sell what I have, or do I take this as a buying opportunity to uh, pick up some more? You know, is this going down, or is it, could it still be around in the future? Thanks for having a listen on the podcast. Yeah, AT&T is not going anywhere. Uh, it's a $274 billion company, as simple as T. And they're getting into, uh, you know, they bought Time, Time Warner a couple years ago, a year ago, two years ago. And so they're getting into uh, digital uh, digital TV, which, you know, makes sense from their point of view. But they pay a 5.4% dividend. They're going to make $3.60 a share next year into $37 stock. So that means 11 PE. Now, it's fallen from like $39.50, $40 a share to $37.55. I don't think that's a deep enough pullback to be entering it. Uh, the, you wanted to buy this in the low 30s, 30, 31, 32. Uh, last year, it got it to uh, the December 10% correction, which has got as low around 26 that would be ideal. Anything in the 20s, you buy this all day long because that dividend then will be 6 plus percent. So this is a stock you buy for the dividend. You don't buy it for the growth. You're going to get very little growth. You buy this for the dividend. And it's going to pay its dividend. It's always made money. It's always been increasing its earnings every year. Not a lot, but always increasing. Therefore, it'll pay its dividend. It's paying 5.4% on a $37 stock. Okay, so that means, you know, if that means this dividend is is way below sixty percent uh, payout ratio. In other words, it makes a lot more money than dividends. It has room to increase the dividend, so that's why you buy it. Uh, I wouldn't buy it here, even though it's had a bit of correction. It's only been about eight percent or so. I kind of would wait for a deeper correction. I'd buy more. I wouldn't sell it. I would not sell it. AT and T, everybody, T is the symbol. Uh, Verizon is kind of the same, but you didn't ask about Verizon, but it's about the same kind of issue. It's the same... Uh, uh, they've done very well this year. So, just be very careful. Okay, tech stocks. You know, tech stocks have been the darling of the stock market for a number of years, but, you know, a lot of tech is now getting, getting very developed very blue chippy, like blue chips. And you're going to have to be a little bit more careful about what tech stocks you're buying if you want to get the growth. So you have to decide, am I going to buy the growth or am I going to buy um, just a good valuable stock that maybe start paying a dividend and will increase the dividend over the years? So how do you separate? How do you, find, how do you determine that? Now, I do talk about it quite a bit on the show. Uh, where's your growth sectors? And I've mentioned that in the past. Uh, artificial intelligence is one. Uh, cloud computing is one. There's where your growth, growth sectors. It's just going to get more and more and more uh, cloud-based and more and more use of artificial intelligence. So if you can find those areas that will benefit from that growth perspective, that's where you're going to get your best returns going forward. That's not an easy thing. You're not going to get your best for, for returns going forward from old Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Apple. You probably won't because these are huge companies already, Amazon. They're so big that it's hard for them to grow very fast 
And that's what you're looking for. Yeah, they're great companies, and yeah, that would be wise to own some of those, but not if you're looking for the growth in the tech sector. There's a lot of places that you have to, you know, kind of figure out on your own. So don't expect that to happen in the future, everybody. You got to be a little bit more careful of the tech companies. You know, last year, the stocks at work was the FANG stocks, right? Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Google. Netflix, man, if I would not be a buyer on Netflix. Would not. They have huge competition coming. Disney, AT&T, Amazon, all coming out to shooting after the leader Netflix in entertainment. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. I will return tomorrow on Thursday. I will remember Thursday. I'll be in San Jose. I won't be back on Thursday. Justin will be here to do the show. And please tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. Everything's free there. We cut out all the commercials and everything. You can get them at Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or investoff.com. You can download there. Be sure to rate us, too. I want you to do that. Have a great night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.